Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. And we're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. Just wanna make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're headed as a church. Once again, thanks for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Several years ago, I was reading through a book called Creature of the Word, and I came across a paragraph that was speaking about the proclamation of the Word of God, and that paragraph deeply resonated with me, and I want to read it this morning as we begin. The content of the preacher's message is the Word of of God. It has the unique ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to rightly divide the soul. The word can heal the broken and break the proud. The word can assure the weak and weaken the strong. It brings wisdom to the foolish and makes fools out of the wise. The Word of God bears the uncanny ability to do what you and I cannot, transcend human limitations. So, the preacher must preach the Word. Amen. As a church, we believe that the Bible is the inspired perfect and true Word of God. And every Sunday as we gather, we give priority to the proclamation of this love letter called the Bible. You see, we believe the only way that transformation is possible is when the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and changes lives. And so as your pastors, it is not our aim to give you a pick-me-up for the week on Sunday. We desire for the Word to be central in your life, in your thoughts, in your decisions, and in your pursuit of knowing Jesus. And because of that, because of this priority we put on the Word of God, the primary way that we study through the scripture as a church is verse by verse through books of the Bible. And today we are beginning a brand new verse by verse journey through the New Testament book of 1 John. And so if you have a copy of the scripture, I want to invite you to turn to the book of 1 John. It's towards the end of the New Testament, so if you get to the book of Revelation, you've gone too far. And if you have no idea where the book of 1 John even is, please use the table of contents in the front of your Bible. That's why 
it is there for you. The book of 1 John was written by a man named John, and this book is without a doubt one of the most quoted and memorized books in the entire New Testament. It's actually a letter that John wrote to a group of churches who were in crisis because they had come under attack from false teachers. And there was false teaching that was permeating their community. And so John wrote this letter that we know as 1 John in order to combat those false teachers. And for the next six or seven months or so, we're going to navigate straight through this wonderful New Testament letter. And in just a moment, we're going to begin reading verses 1 through 4 of chapter 1 in this book. But before we do that, I simply want to breathe a word of prayer before we read the first word in this book and ask the Holy Spirit of God to teach our church, change our church, and encourage our church as we begin this verse-by-verse journey today. So would you pray with me? Lord, these are your words. You wrote them. You've given them to us. And God, I pray, as we journey through this book, the majority of 2017, that God, you would do a work in this fellowship. Lord, we believe this book. We trust in you because you wrote this book. And we ask you to use these words in the book of 1 John to bring about transformation in our church, in our city, and all over the world as these sermons are sent out to people who watch them online. We invite you to speak this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested. And we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, I want to push pause right there before we continue reading verses 3 and 4 because we cannot miss the significance of what is being said in verses 1 and 2. John is saying, I know what God is like because I have experienced Him personally through the life-changing power of Jesus Christ the Messiah. He's saying, I've listened to him. I've seen him. I've walked with him. I've touched him. Jesus, John was one of the closest disciples to Jesus personally. He saw Jesus. He lived life with Jesus. He watched every scene of his life play out. And after three years of walking that close with Jesus Christ, John's conclusion was that the reality is Jesus is the way to God, he is the truth about God, and he is the very life of 
God. Daniel Aiken wrote a commentary about these verses here in 1 John. And I want you to look at what he said. The biblical Jesus is no myth, fairy tale, or fable. He is no ghost or illusion. He is indeed the God who took on full humanity. Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. And so this is not second-hand information that you're hearing from a preacher like me. This is coming from a man who lived life with Jesus. And at the end of that, he said, Jesus is God. Let's keep reading. Verse 3. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And then verse 4. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. There are some incredible principles in the verses that we just read. And we're going to talk about several of them today. But before we do that, I want to share with you two common themes that we are going to see throughout the book of 1 John. Because of John's writing style, there are several themes that we're going to see in all five chapters of this letter. And here's the first one. The first theme we're going to see throughout this book is this. The transforming power of a relationship with God. In every chapter of this book, we're going to see this theme, this reality of a transforming relationship with God. Being a loved, accepted child of God changes everything. He is our life and He is our identity. And throughout this book, we're going to be reminded of the significance of a life-changing relationship with God. In our passage today, you see there in verse 3, He says, Our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Here are a few other examples of some of the verses we're going to see through this journey of John addressing a transforming relationship with God. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, we read this, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. There is a theme throughout this book that we're going to journey through of the power of a transforming relationship with God. But the second theme that we're going to see throughout this book is this, the transforming power of a relationship with God's family. This theme addresses the fact that because we have a relationship with God, we now have a relationship with God's family. And biblically, church is not an event that we attend. Church is a family 
to which we belong. God is our Father, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. In our text that we're studying this morning in verse 3, he says, here's what we're proclaiming to you. These things about Christ, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Well, who is us? It's God's family. It's God's church. A couple of places in this book that I'll highlight. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another as the family of God. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Another example is in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. It's the family of God. For love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In these five chapters, those two themes are going to be consistent. The transforming power of a relationship with God and the transforming power of a relationship with God's family. One thing that would be powerful to do in your God time or maybe as a small group is just to begin to read through the book of 1 John and mark all the places where John talks about a relationship with God or a relationship with God's family. Just be sure that your pen has enough ink because those themes are all throughout this letter to these churches. So here's what I want to do in the remainder of our time today. I want to explore the connection that John makes in verses 3 and 4 between a love relationship with God and a relationship with God's family and our personal experience of joy. So here's the question I want us to ask and answer for just a few moments. How can I experience a life filled with joy? There are four times in this book where John gets very specific about his purpose of writing. He says, these things I write to you so that dot, dot, dot. He gives the purpose of why he's writing. And one of those is in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4. Look at what he says here in verse 4. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. If you watch television, if you read news articles, or if you have any pulse on current trends, you know that humanity is on a reckless pursuit of discovering joy. We all want it. We spend money, we go on trips, we chase relationships because we all desire a life that is filled with joy. I was on the internet this week and I saw an article that was entitled Five Foolproof Ways to Experience Joy This Year. Now, unfortunately, articles like that, books like that, seminars like that fall short because they are all looking for joy in places that it will never be found. But here's what I believe. I believe in 1 John, in these first four verses, there are some principles that you and I can pull out and apply to our own relationship with God that will allow us to experience a deeper level 
of joy in our everyday life. So here's what I want to do. I want to share with you three biblical realities about a life filled with joy. Here's the first one. True abiding joy is only found in a love relationship with God. True abiding joy is only found in a love relationship with God. We miss joy altogether when we look for joy in any other source but God. God is the only source of joy. And the Bible links God with fullness of joy. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Psalm chapter 16 in verse 11. You will make known to me the path of life. Now listen to this. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. You see, joy flows from our Father. He is the source of joy. Martin Lloyd-Jones made a very interesting observation about joy that I want to read for you. He said, We must bear in mind that in any definition we may give of New Testament joy, we do not go to a dictionary. We go to the New Testament instead. This is something quite peculiar, which cannot be explained. It is a quality which belongs to the Christian life in its essence. So that in our definition of joy, we must be very careful that it conforms to what we see in our Lord. The world has never seen anyone who knew joy as our Lord knew it. In our pursuit of a life filled with joy, and in order for our joy to be made full, as John writes here in verse 4, we must first understand that true abiding joy is only found in a love relationship with God. Here's a second reality this morning. My relationship with God deepens... Through fellowship with him and his family. My relationship with God deepens through fellowship with him and his family. You see, if joy flows from God, if he is the source of joy, then the deeper my relationship with him, the more abundant my joy. That's why this principle is so significant. In the early church, it was their relationship with God that had brought them into a relationship with each other. And it was their relationship with each other that was deepening their relationship with God. You say, how did that happen? It's an easy answer. It happened through ongoing fellowship. And there's a powerful word that's mentioned a couple times in verse 3 for fellowship. And it's the Greek word Koinonia. And here's what that word literally means. It means to share in the life of another. This fellowship is not a surface level random interaction. 
This word for fellowship is a transparent, deep participation in which we do life together. And that includes moments that are good, bad, happy, and sad. It's the reality of us sharing life together and living out our relationship with God in the context of community. And this principle of sharing life together, or koinonia, must be applied, according to this passage, to both our relationship with God and our relationship with God's family. When it comes to this shared experience in our fellowship with God, here's what that means. All that God is has been made known to us through Jesus. And Jesus invites us to walk in fellowship with him every moment of every day. Here's what that means. Christianity is not a cold, dead religion. It is a relationship in which you and I experience the very life of God as we walk in moment by moment koinonia, fellowship, with him. Look at this biblical reality. The God of the universe wants to spend time with you. It is a daily invitation to be with him. There is no more important aspect of the Christian life than regular time set apart to simply be with him. Why is that so significant? Because fellowship deepens the relationship. And as the relationship deepens, guess what happens? We experience deeper levels of joy. Well, how is this principle of koinonia or sharing life applied to our relationship with God's family? Well, our relationship with God is meant to be lived out in the context of other believers. It was never God's intention for you to do life alone And simply have a personal relationship with him. Because you have a relationship with him, you get us. And I want you to hear me say this today. As your relationship with God's family grows, guess what happens? Your relationship with God goes deeper. There are things about God that you will never know apart from community with other believers. That's really significant. There are things God wants to do in your life and in my life. And he has decided to use his church to see them accomplished. You see, whether we like it or not, we need each other. Because God did not establish his church with an audience and a stage He established his church as a body. And one of the primary ways that he speaks to us, he encourages us, and he provides for us is through his body, the church. We are to live life in community with one another. So to be disconnected from the body means we are limiting God's activity in and through our lives because we need one another. Look at this biblical reality. You cannot be in fellowship with God and not walk in fellowship 
with one another. The two are interdependent. Your relationships with other believers are an expression of your love relationship with God. Here's what I believe. When we apply this reality to our lives, we will experience a fullness of joy. John says there is a connection between your fellowship relationship with God and his family and your personal experience of joy. One of my uh, favorite preachers and authors to listen to is a guy named Pastor Tony Evans. He's a pastor in Texas. And uh, I was reading a story that he wrote this past week that I thought really applies here. He said that he came in contact with a woman that he had not seen in a long time. He knew her, but he just hadn't seen her in a while. And uh, as he was talking to her, he said, Hey, how far along are you? Assuming that she was pregnant. And she said, "Uh, well, pastor, um, actually, I'm not pregnant. (laughs) And he talked about, obviously, how ridiculously embarrassing that was. But he said, you know, sometimes it looks like something's going on. But there's really nothing going on. Now, here's where I want to challenge you this morning. Because here's what's easy. It's easy to be in a place like this and amen at the right time and have your Bible ready and know kind of where everything is in in the church context. But deep down, you know that when it comes to fellowship with God and his family, there's really nothing going on. Now, I can't answer that for you. But I plead with you as one of your pastors. We desire for you to experience a fullness of joy. And that joy will only flow from a love relationship with God that is deepened by fellowship with Him and a connection within God's family that consists of doing life together in the good moments as well as in the bad moments. I want us to be a church that not only acts like something's going on, but we know in our heart of hearts that we are walking with Jesus And we are in community with his family. Well, here's the third reality that I want to give you this morning. If there is a brokenness in my relationship with God or his family, I will experience a lack of personal joy. You see, it's impossible. For there to be a brokenness with me and God or with me and God's family. And my experience of joy not be impacted. Like that can't happen. If I'm not right with God and I'm not right with his family, 
I will not experience a fullness of joy. And in the same way that John wrote to these believers, desiring for them to experience the abundant joy that is found in an intimate love relationship with God and connection within God's family, that is our heart as we look at these verses this morning as one of your pastors. I desire for you to experience a fullness of joy. But that cannot happen if you're not right with God and if you're not right with God's family. So I ask you this morning, if you're here today and as I'm talking about this, you know just in your heart that you're not walking in fellowship with God and you're not walking in fellowship with God's family. What's your excuse? Like what's the thing that's hindering you from seeing that happen? Is it your schedule? Is it that you don't know what to do? Is it you don't want to forgive someone within the church? Is it that you're just not passionate about it? Is it because you don't think it's important? This morning, we have a very simple step that we want to encourage you with. If you're here today and you are not connected in community, We're launching an environment called GroupLink, which you heard about in the video a little bit earlier. It is the most simple step we could think of for someone who is not connected in a small group community to get connected in a small group community. So if today God's speaking to you about that, and you know that you've been avoiding it and putting it off, I want to challenge you. Before you leave today, stop by the tent in the courtyard And just say, I need community. And they'll show you our process of what that's going to mean to connect in this brand new environment called GroupLink. So that you can begin to live out your relationship with God in the context of other believers. I believe that's what was on John's heart as he was writing these words. He knew that for these churches that were being attacked by false teaching. And being told so many different things when it comes to God. He knew that he wanted them to understand that true abiding joy is only found in a love relationship with God. And that our relationship with God deepens through fellowship with him and his family. And that if there is any brokenness in my relationship with God or his family... It will impact my level of personal joy. That's what he chose to open with as he introduces us to the book of 1 John. I want to invite you to pray this morning. I want us to have a few moments now just to really respond to what God's saying to us. And in your life personally, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is that the Holy Spirit has shown you this morning. Maybe it has to do with joy. Maybe it has to do with your relationship with God or your relationship with God's family. We want to take these moments now And we want to respond to what he's saying. So this isn't a time to slip out early. 
These are moments within this time where we can sit before the Lord, listen, and respond to him. So I want to ask you, first of all, if you're a follower of Jesus, are you growing in your relationship with God through fellowship with him? We've just started a brand new year. How's your fellowship with God been this week? Would you say this is a week that you've walked in intimate fellowship with God and as a result, it's deepened your relationship with Him? As a Jesus follower, are you sharing life with God's family? I know there are people in this room, and if you were honest, you would say, I am a believer, but I am lonely. Are you sharing life with other believers? The good moments, the bad moments, the happy moments, the sad moments. Or have you found yourself operating in such a way where it looks like something's going on? But really, there's not anything going on. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But you recognize this morning that you need a relationship with him. The Bible says that God passionately cares for you. And he loves you so much that he wanted to create a way for you to know him when there was no way. You see, because of our sin... We can't have access to God. We can't know him. But he sent his son Jesus to the earth to die on a cross as a substitute, as the payment for sin. And on the third day, by the power of God, Jesus Christ was brought back to life. And he stands ready now, inviting you to know him by faith. If you need to be saved today, in just a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song of response. We've got some pastors up here. and If you need Jesus, we would love to connect you with a counselor who can share with you how you can be born again today. For those of us, maybe you just need to sit before the Lord and listen. Maybe you just want to sit and pray. Maybe you want to stand and sing. Maybe there's something happening in your life and you just need someone to pray for you. Maybe you want to ask the person beside you, say, hey, would you just pray over me? Maybe you want one of our pastors up here to just come around you and pray over you. Maybe it's a financial need, a health issue. Maybe there's a relationship issue. I don't know what's going on in your life. But if you would like to be prayed for, we would be honored this morning just to pray over you. Lord, thank you for what you've taught us today. I pray that we would be a church that experiences a life of joy. Lord, not just to say that we have joy, but because that joy flows from a love relationship with you and connection with your family. Use this time of response, I pray. In Jesus' name.